This is exactly right. <sighs> We're finally doing a live I Said No Gifts, and I'm inviting you. This thing is going to be wonderful. Some very special guests, gift giveaways, and I'll probably get a haircut the day before so I look really nice. It's June 26th at Dynasty Typewriter, right here in gorgeous Los Angeles, California. That's right, Los Angeles, the home of several Target stores. And if you can't be in LA, we'll also be live streaming the whole show. Tickets are very limited, so go to DynastyTypewriter.com as soon as possible. Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. Oh, there's no easy way to say this. I'm uh, the office studio that I'm recording in, that I record in, I Said No Gifts studio, has recently flooded. Uh, I'm essentially just working in a disaster zone. I spent, you know, the last few minutes of 2021, well, not minutes, hours, mopping, wet vacuuming mopping, bailing water. And so, you know, there's mold growing around me. We're waiting for the professionals to take care of it. But in the meantime, we're just going to keep recording the podcast like everything's fine, because it is. It's 2022. And we've got a terrific guest today, someone who I adore, very funny person. It's Brendan Scannell. Brendan, Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm so sorry about your home or office or whatever you want to call where you live. <laughs> <laughs> I live in my office. You know, my house also had a leak. You're kidding. What happened? You know, one of our windows just couldn't take the rain. And so like the, I'm going to say this, caulking? Caulk. Oh, it's a very, it's a hard word for anyone to say, and there aren't a lot of opportunities, caulk, but the caulk, the I caulk, guess you can't really hit the L. I don't know. Then it sounds crazy. Caulk. But then Caulking? it just sounds like. Right. You know, it sounds like cock. Um, <laughs> the cock broke. <laughs> and, uh, and my landlord was like, I'll send somebody out. He'll come tomorrow. And I was like, tomorrow's. January 1st, like <laughs> he's coming tomorrow morning. No. So now it still hasn't been fixed, but it stopped raining. So the leak is leak is done. So he's coming actually this next Saturday. But that just, I mean, in the moment when it's raining, saying they'll be coming tomorrow means absolutely nothing, especially when the forecast says the rain will be done tomorrow. Right, right. I was like, if you could come right now. It was just tough, you know, because it was New Year. It was basically New Year's Eve. I don't care. You're the landlord. This is the, this is the business you deal in. We had the same situation where it was like the water was flooding in. I'm calling the insurance company. I'm calling everyone. That, and they were taking uh, New Year's off. It's uh, 
living, I think in Los Angeles, every building is built just with the assumption that the rain will come much later after the person has committed to the home. <laughs> and so like we've been here for almost two years and this is the first situation and it was devastating. Yeah, this was actually our first flood as well. And we, but we live um, kind of in like a house on stilts. And my boyfriend has a real fear of, you know, the big one, the earthquake. Oh, that, sure. And because our house will definitely just be sliding directly into another home. You know, this <laughs> it's just not making it. <laughs> but I, I would prefer my home to just completely collapse than to have to mop for four hours. Right. Well. Just take it all away. Don't don't give me any chance of salvaging. Right. Just, just hide in a doorway for a little while and then move. <laughs> Is that the current science? Hide in a doorway. I don't know. I actually have heard uh, hide in a bathroom, but I, in I a bathroom. To, I'm, not, I'm not a very anxious person, so I, I try not to worry about things that are out of my control. I just feel like the earthquake safety is constantly shifting, and I feel behind. I feel like at one point they were saying get under a table, but then the table could just flatten you. Right. Well, and they that used makes to say sense. get under a table to kids in the 1950s when they were going to get hit by a nuclear bomb. Like, you know. <laughs> I've also that heard one that, never made I've also heard that, Like the reason uh, we have seatbelts, obviously, on planes uh, is really just if there's a crash, they can identify your body in your seat. Oh, we're not, obviously, you're not going to make it. It's like, but they can be like, oh, this body is in this seat. It's easier to identify you than like your teeth records. Because if you've ever flown oh. private, which I have one time to Vegas, like you can just party up there. There's no rules. It's really just a mode of social control, seating. Wow. Well, then I'm going to stop with my seatbelt because I'd like to remain a mystery if a plane crashes, you know. Right. Just jump, jump into a different one. <laughs> Just this mangled corpse that they can't identify. <laughs> wow, but that makes perfect sense. Now, you're uh, from Chicago. Is there any natural... What's the natural disaster you're fearing in Chicago? Um, I'm actually... Well, I was born in Chicago, but I grew up in Indiana. I can't claim... Being from Chicago, you know. Okay, okay. If I did, I'd be a liar. But uh, I, occasionally, there'd be like a tornado that would hit a Coles. You know, Ooh, a tornado is scary. Not in the way that they are in like Oklahoma and stuff like that. But occasionally, one would just like dip its toes onto like a big box store, just kind of <laughs> flirting with a Best Buy, right? Kind of snow, uh, snow blizzards. I grew up. Oh, sure. A lot of snow days. But no earthquake situations. You're from like the South, right? I'm from Utah. So our big thing is <laughs> the kind south of, of the, the South of the West. Yes. <laughs> um, actually, I would give that to, I think at this point, Arizona. I think Arizona, uh, yeah. I mean, and it is literally the South of the West, but uh, culturally, well. I just spent one night in Phoenix last month. Oh, that's a nice title for something. Mm. Um, what were you doing in Phoenix? Um, I was, I flew there to retain my platinum status on American airlines <laughs> and it was the shortest flight from Burbank cause I didn't want to deal with LAX. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I flew to Phoenix with my boyfriend. We did one night there and, um, we had a great time. I, we took public transportation. When you say public transportation, are you talking about a bus, a train? 
There's like one train and it goes just north south. We took it. We took it to a museum. Good museum? Yeah, beautiful museum. Okay. Listen, if there's any Phoenix listeners to your pod, you know. What's the museum? I think it's called the the Phoenix Art Museum. Mm, they really went out of their way. <laughs> Nobody's given enough money to for them to name it after them, you know? Oh, sure, sure. There's no Sackler money in Phoenix. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> that family. I think we just need to like run them through a literal juicer. And, and then take their money and use it to repair America. Just devastating. Yeah, tough family. Um, tough family to love. Great people, though. Great partiers. Through a wonderful <laughs> event. There's always a lot of drugs. <laughs> and they love the arts. They, they love the arts. absolutely love the arts. Just a uh, bunch of psychopaths. <laughs> Um, okay, so you went to Phoenix for a single night. Was that your first night in Phoenix? Or your first time in Phoenix? First time ever in Phoenix. First time ever in Arizona. Ooh. I like a nice dry, deserty state. Arizona does seem, in a lot of ways, end of the world, lawless nightmare. Um, uh, but I do like somewhere where you could potentially have a grapefruit tree in the backyard. Oh, yeah. I think citrus does really well there. Yeah, right. And then just leading back, yeah, I'm from Utah, and our big thing was earthquakes. Huh. I didn't know that. So there's a giant fault line that runs through Salt Lake City that I believe, and this may be a, this may be a myth, there's a building that's apparently right on top of the fault line that earthquake researchers, seismologists, is that what we're talking about? I've taken a photo of the building as a before because apparently it's going to be so ravaged after the earthquake that they wanted wow. before photos. And now I'm saying that out loud. That sounds like someone made that up. <laughs> I mean, your lips to a Mormon God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They really don't talk about that fault on Salt Lake City, uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. <laughs> They've got to get into it. I can't wait for the episode when that fault line just rips the city apart and right. those women are. Four of them are just trapped over there, over the three place. on the other side. <laughs> Do you watch it? Oh, yeah. It is like, so I, I dabble in Housewives of not like obsessed with it um but you know pa i passively watch i like to watch women like get drunk and fight but then also like retain their friendships with other women mm -hmm. as an outsider this cast i think there are no heroes a lot of villains <laughs> they clearly they never have a good time when i watch it i actually get up and i pace because it makes me so uncomfortable Really? Yeah, because I think they just have all, like, are like, what? This is not what I signed up for. You know, like, I signed <laughs> up for, like, a few trips where, like, somebody calls me a name and then we make up about it. And maybe we have a little bit of drama about And it's like, you are, like, gay bashing my son. You're a criminal. <laughs> you run a cult. Uh, one of them has put all of her money and her older husband's money into a skincare line that seems to get rebranded every three episodes. Like, I watch it and I'm like, this is not going to work out well for any of these people. They're all starting. It feels like they're starting from the bottom and somehow going lower. Right? <laughs> I mean, I, I have a wonderful time watching them. But yeah, with the skincare line, 
Oh, how did I don't even know where the three hundred thousand dollars went? I mean, just get on Photoshop yeah. and make a new graphic for your the new name of your company. I mean, are photographers just that expensive in <laughs> Salt Lake City? <laughs> we paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for someone to photograph our party. Yeah, at my own house. You didn't even pay for a venue. <laughs> I've been to that house. Really? You've been to Whitney's house? <laughs> Look, I've been outside it. <laughs> when I uh, first trip back home after or since the pandemic, obviously I had become a big fan of the show. My sister knew exactly where she lived because she lived close to that house. So I've got a picture in front of her. Seems it. like an attainable neighborhood. And I mean yes. that to her lovingly. I bought a bunch of Wild Rose products. You did? I bought a bunch for my agent as a gift because she loves the show. And I it was right after the episode where she had spent 10 grand on a photo shoot that was like, did not seem to be going that well. And I was like, I really want to support this girl. <laughs> like <laughs> All of that, I cannot imagine any of her skincare products are good f- to put on topically. It feels like rash city to me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like sending my agent eczema. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she, I just like, what expertise does she have for a skincare line? She's pretty. (laughs) (laughs) She's got absolutely no reason to be working in that world. No, I mean, there's like science involved, I think. She's not in that house, like on the stove cooking up lotions or however you make lotion. (laughs) She's got a lot of vials and she's mixing different types of extracts and tinctures. They seem to have dinner at the same restaurant that then they've just reset into a different style. The city looks as if everything was built in the last 15 years by the same designer who like designed the original Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) God, that's so insulting. <laughs> but they, the restaurants that they uh, eat in all look so unbelievably drafty. I'm just cold watching them eat. They're always just right. like, and of course, they're always having dinner at like 3.30 p.m. So the the building isn't full of people. It's very confusing to watch. Yeah, I feel like they have a lot of late lunches in like <laughs> empty restaurants before dinner service. Yes. And some of that's COVID, right? They're like yeah, shooting that, in these. Yeah, that's literally, true. they're like, "Oh, your restaurant opens at six for dinner. Could we come shoot in it from like two to four <laughs> thirty? I think that that must be true of a lot of reality shows. I I watched a great deal of uh, Ninety Day Fiance early pandemic, and there were like a lot of we're having lunch at three thirty. We're having dinner. At I have 4. to tell you something because I have to read this to you. So I've never seen Ninety Day Fiance. But my friend just sent me this article with a really funny headline, and I'm going to read it. It says, 90 Day Fiance Star, who made $38,000 a week selling farts in a jar, hospitalized. (laughs) Quote, I thought it was a stroke. (laughs) Um, And apparently Stephanie Mato um, was making $260,000 like a year selling her farts for $1,000 a jar. (laughs) Um, and at one point, demand was so high Stephanie for Stephanie's wind, this is a British article, that she was producing up to 50 jars worth of farts a week. However, she may have squeezed out one too many as the reality star had to be hospitalized. <laughs> what? 
I, was this business before 90 Day Fiance? It must have been, right? She got famous from 90 Day Fiance, and so many guys wanted to sniff her farts that she <laughs> created a side hustle, pandemic side hustle. But I think she was like, you know, eating too many foods with too high fiber counts. Oh. And she probably shit her pants and was like, can somebody <laughs> take me to the hospital? Oh, I need to see whatever season that is. That is wild. Good for her. You know, you you take what you've got and work with it. That show seems like one of the most unwell. Oh, that show is... There is some true darkness <laughs> in every season. You see some glimpses into humanity that should not be televised. <laughs> uh, the behavior is just wild. Where do I mean, they shoot it? What city? All over the place. Okay, so they're not like pulling from like a specific, right? I, and I, it's been a few months since I watched it, but I'm pretty sure they're in just various cities wherever they could find a deranged person who found another deranged person in another country. <laughs> uh, but I need to talk to you about something else, Brendan. Now, you know this podcast. It's all over the internet. It's got a clear title. It's called "I Said No Gifts." You and I know each other. You agreed to be on this podcast. I, so I was a little surprised today. I was, uh, I was at work uh, on Zoom, and uh, I took a little break, and I came out, and on my kitchen counter was a, a wrapped box with an envelope that says BW on it. Mm. Is this a gift for me? Listen, here's the thing about your name. I never know how to spell the first part of it or the last part of it. So, <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't be bothered to look that up or even to look at the email invite. And so, yes, I did write BW on the card. <laughs> I thought that was very nice. You know, it felt, it had a familiarity to it, kind of, uh, you know, casual. Um, I mean, despite the fact that, you know, Obvious issues about this arriving in my home aside, I thought it was nice. I couldn't help it. I couldn't, I've never showed up anywhere without a gift. And so what I did is I drove over to your house <laughs> 25 minutes today from my home <laughs> and dropped it at yours and then drove away. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a very pleasant time for you. Yeah, it was a cute drive. It was right after I'd worked out. So I was very relaxed. There you go. And I, uh, this is the sort of thing I bring into other people's lives. Well, do you want me to open it here on the podcast? Yeah, of course. I'm happy to wait. No, please. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't think your audience will appreciate just how good the rap job is. The rapping job is excellent. I love it's to rap. It's kind of a, like a brown with some little Santas dashing through the snow. Yeah, leftover, but yes. <laughs> it's, I, it doesn't feel leftover yet. Mm -hmm. if, if we were one more week into January, it would feel leftover. It but feels this like feels... I meant to give it to you before the holiday. Right, which adds an extra layer of meaning. 
Okay, I'm gonna open this envelope first. This has BW on it. Let's see. The envelope's actually sealed. That's kind of a rarity anymore. You know, usually people just kind of I did lick tape. it, so sorry about that. That's fine, look. Okay, it says... <laughs> it says B, cheers, chow, B. Which just feels <laughs> almost like code. Uh, this feels like, you know, someone has a secret. But, okay, See, so that... To me, it feels very European. It's extreme. I mean, I think just the BW alone was very right. European. Well, in Utah is you the know. Europe of America. So that's why. <laughs> B, cheers. Ciao, B. <laughs> okay, let's see. Is this... This is, can't possibly be the actual item. <laughs> I mean... I've got... I've, it, I'm looking at a Le Creuset box. I'm going to open it up and see what's happening inside here. What if it was an actual Le Creuset? I would be so mad. I would be furious. I would be driving to your house uh, with money to pay for it. Okay, we've got some tissue paper. Okay, now we're getting... This is way more valuable than Le Creuset. It's a beautiful, beautiful blue hat. Kind of a women's hat. I'm going to put this on. It's a sun hat. You can wear that it's to the beach. Sun. You could wear it to an Easter party. If you ever go to Cabo, you know, you just throw that <laughs> thing on. Protect the old skin. <laughs> Tell me about this. That hat um, has seen many lives. It's, But I feel like I, I'm going to tell you something. It, I have worn it before. This is not a new item. Okay. It feels uh, broken in. I'm wearing it currently. Yeah. Do you know Louis Fertel? Of course. We love Louis. At one point, I had sort of like a caftan brunch, and he wore it, and I've been trying to give it back to him for like three years. Uh, <laughs> and every time he comes over to my house, and I'm like, what about your hat? He leaves without it because he doesn't want it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is, so really this is just... originally Louis's hat. Oh, yeah. That's Louis's hat. Okay, interesting. Lewis was on the podcast very early on. He gave me some uh, board games. Oh. So in a way, he's now given me a hat. Well, I think I gave you a hat. Well, <laughs> I think it you know, smashes your we'll eyes. Leave that to Do the court to decide. I have blue eyes. See, it's going to bring him out. Yeah, this is kind of a robin's egg blue hat. Um, okay, so you have caftan. You said the caftan lunch. Caftan brunch. Brunch. Yeah, I was going to say lunch doesn't make a ton of sense for. And everyone wears a caftan? Yeah, just something flowy. It doesn't have to be technically a caftan. People can wear a dress, jumpsuit. Right. What did you wear? A caftan? I would hope. Well, yes, of course. Yeah. To my own? Of course. I actually bought, uh, it, bought a caftan and then I altered it to make it a little bit shorter, a little bit sluttier. Oh, interesting. So to like knee level? Above knee um, level? A little bit above knee level. Yeah. Now, on this very podcast, I've received what was presented as a caftan, but I'm pretty sure is a tunic. But it, you know, it's about hits about mid thigh. So is oh, that yeah. kind of what you were dealing with? with that your almost caftan? feels like a beach cover up, you know, like what yeah. a woman would wear, like with the you're the hat that you're wearing, like over her swimsuit as she walks down right. to the beach. But a beach cover-up, there's got to be a better word for a beach cover-up than a beach cover-up. Huh. I think it's called a cover-up. <laughs> Just a cover-up? 
Yeah. Certainly they're not calling them that in Paris. <laughs> well, there's no beach in Paris. <laughs> well, let's talk about the south of France. You Have know, you been? down <laughs> You know, down there they're not saying cover-ups. They're calling them God only knows what. You know, in the pandemic, I took nine months of French lessons every week, twice a week, with French speakers, and I can't remember a goddamn thing. Not a, <laughs> that can't possibly be true. Let's let's hear some something you've learned. No, I won't do it. Tutapel <laughs> Brendan. Je m'appelle Bridger. Je m'appelle Brendan. Comme les vous appelez vous? <laughs> and now did you have to pick a french name like you do in middle school uh no they did just call me brendan but i had three great teachers there's a great place in silver lake it's called cuckoo it's on hyperion highly recommend well but you've just said that you'd learned nothing yeah but it's something it's a must you have to keep doing it you know right and when you were taking the class what were what was the end game for you did you were you like at the end of this i'm going to go to france for a few months and make my way through the streets i had this dream that i would become fluent enough that i could get an acting job on a french language show and flee (laughs) america (laughs) like this is the the most delusional thing i've ever heard (laughs) you remember the pandemic It was like the height of the Trump presidency, and I was just ready to go. I was like, your brain was fried. And my acting career was going really well at the time. And I was like, why couldn't I just learn French and just get out of here? (laughs) I even at one point called my managers and was like, if you see. If there, if you know of any French agents, like I'd love to talk to them. And they were, they were like, yeah, 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 and never did anything <laughs> about it because they knew that I wasn't well at the time. <laughs> as far as I can tell, you didn't learn enough French to wash dishes, let alone be the star of a French television show. <laughs> uh, I think une tasse is a plate. Uh, je dois une tasse. That means I need a plate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe you could do like half a dishwashing job then. Je dois une tasse, s'il vous plaît. The problem with my French lessons is that I always did this type of accent, and they were like, no, you don't have to do that. I actually disagree. I think you kind of do have to take on some level of character for people to buy into you speaking another language. Uh-huh. Because, you know, the tonally, uh, it doesn't make like an American accent tone doesn't make sense for a French tone. So I think taking on whatever yeah, you were just doing, the real. kind of holding a cigarette with a scarf around, <laughs> that's fine. When I went to Paris, I didn't speak any French. This was like three or four years ago. And I would find myself ordering stuff and just being like, uh, I would like a coffee. <laughs> like I was making fun of them, but I was really just trying to be more understood while speaking English by trying to speak like they speak English. That is mortifying. <laughs> yeah, I should be arrested. <laughs> we were uh, in Paris a few years ago, and we were at a restaurant. We entered a restaurant slash bar and asked, my boyfriend asked, could we see a menu? And this 
extremely rude, drunk French woman called from across the restaurant, a menu. He wants to see a menu. And we just turned around and walked out, both just humiliated by this woman. By the end of like my sixth or seventh day in Paris, I was terrified to even go into a restaurant. <laughs> because I, you know, I was traveling alone, kind of finding myself. And I'd been mocked by enough waiters or like had my eye, their eyes rolled at me enough times that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do Postmates. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you there for? I was there for two weeks. Okay. And were you in just Paris? Um, I was in Europe for a month. I did Paris, London, Berlin, Tuscany, Rome, Budapest, Cannes. That's a lot of traveling to do alone. Yeah. I mean, I had friends in different cities and stuff and like overlapped with different friends who were traveling. But um, I was like in the middle of like a nervous breakdown and just wanted, you know, escaping once again. Right. It's always this escape to Europe with you. Mm -hmm. Eventually it's going to hold. I feel like <laughs> the third time it's going to really stick and you're going to be somewhere in Europe. A lot of Americans just go there and never come back. They become an expat. Uh-huh. James Baldwin. James Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia de Havilland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. My friend Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone knows your friend Josh is kind of set up shop in Paris. Uh, do you watch any French TV? Was there any like, oh, I would be on that show? No. <laughs> this is truly the worst plan I've <laughs> I think less of you. You know, I tend to get these ideas in my head and then get really manic about them and then like tell everyone in my life I'm going to do them. Um, and that's how I actually have actualized a lot of things. Like one time I just told my friend in college, I was just like, I want to run a marathon. And she was just like, why would you do that? And I was like, because I'm going to. And then three <laughs> months later, I did. <laughs> no, that's, that really is the secret to doing almost anything is just back yourself into a corner socially. I mean, that's why I moved to LA. I told enough people, I was like, well, this is getting embarrassing that I haven't moved here yet. So I finally moved. Where'd you live? Is this from Utah? Yeah, this is from Utah. Aww. I lived, I mean, I like briefly lived in New York when I was interning there, but then went back to Utah, started telling people I was moving to LA. Months and months passed. I hadn't moved to LA. Finally, I was just so ashamed that I packed up and yeah. came down. Um, I remember, just, I remember, I feel like I first became aware of you because of your shorts with Matt Ingebretson. Oh, we love Matt Ingebretson. Absolutely. Haven't seen him in so long. But I haven't seen a lot of people. Now, do you have any, like, travel plans coming up if, you know, the pandemic eventually maybe subsides? My boyfriend and I are going to the Dominican Republic, allegedly, oh, nice. uh, for, Val when? for Valentine's Day. Oh. Hopefully post-peak. Post-peak? Post-peak. Post-peak. Yeah, I got uh, I got offered to stay at this little hotel, so we're going. Beautiful. So sometimes you just say yes. Who's <laughs> offering you a stay at a hotel? Um, uh, brands. <laughs> Very. I mean, the hotel itself did. I took him up on it. Right, of course. And I mean, as a fellow redhead, what's your you know in the sun? What are you doing to protect yourself? Are you putting on a hat? You know what? I almost included 
some of the sunscreen I put on my face in my gift to you. However, it's expensive. And I eventually was like, I think I'm just going to give him something free. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to hear it. I mean, my dermatologist will hear about this. Um, I think I use what a lot of people use. I use Elta MD, SPF 46. Uh, It's really good. You have to get it through a dermatologist. um, Or you can order it on their website and sort of like pick a dermatologist in the area who will technically supply it to you. But it's really good. Why is, I mean, it's sunscreen. Why does that need to be prescribed? Are you going, is there a chance of ODing? I mean, this, this is a sort of product that feels like it should just be on a shelf. See, this is why you have a podcast, because you're good at asking questions. <laughs> well, I, get, I really get into the, the important issues like this one. I don't know why. I think sometimes some things you can only buy through, like, preferred suppliers. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. I think the primary ingredient is just zinc. So if you just want to, like, throw a bunch of zinc on your face, that's also just better for you. dump zinc all over me. Okay, so you have this prescribed, and did you say it was SPF 46? SPF 46. I don't know why the extra one. Let's just call it 45. <laughs> Round up to Shoot 50. it to 50. No one's testing it. Um, they also have a tinted version, if you're somebody who's not as pale as we are and you're a listener. Okay, I like the, the sound of all this. But then do you use another sunscreen for the rest of your body? For my body, yeah, I usually just use like um, a Neutrogena, like a spray or just uh, sometimes if I'm in Palm Springs, I'll go up to an SPF 100. Wow, that feels like overkill to me. Yeah, it's thick. That's like a mud. I've definitely been in a pool next to friends who are like, Brendan, you're like leaking sunscreen. <laughs> like just diffusing it into the water that they're all trying to swim in. <laughs> just drying up the pool. Uh-huh. Uh, have you ever had a bad sunburn situation? Oh yeah, all the time. Every year I'd say. I get one at the beginning of every sort of sunny season. Still? Yeah, I just like forget sometimes, you know? Oh, Brendan. I know. I mean, it's past time. You should, you, you've just got to have sunscreen on at all times. Well, I always have it on my face and I always have it on my hands. Right. Do you use driving gloves? No, do you? No, but I have a girlfriend who recommended it to me. She was like, because you might get sunspots or skin cancer on your hands from driving in LA, the sun through. You know, your little Prius windshield. But I was like, that's some, it sounds too bougie. Yeah, that's, and it also just feels like a, like <laughs> I'm just an absolute mess every time I get into the car. I can't imagine remembering to put on my gloves. Yeah, I'm like eating a salad. Like I've just got too much going on. <laughs> I also like when I want to change the song on my phone, what happens with the glove at that point? Uh-huh. It's also like if you get in a, horrible wreck god forbid and your car turns over and all that's left is your body your body burns up but all that's left is your hands and those gloves <laughs> and then they'll have to just, just bury two two beautiful gloves beautiful mark jacobs gloves <laughs> but when i come back to life and those that's kind of punching out of the soil uh-huh. my beautiful gloved hand in the graveyard i feel like that's not a bad idea i do want to now i mean now that we're talking about it, i'm committing to this i want to be buried in gloves well yeah nobody likes a dead hand yeah no, certainly <laughs> not i think everyone should be buried in gloves 
and there are all kinds i wouldn't mind like a yellow pair of dishwashing gloves mm. um or these driving gloves you've been talking about just something to like a little surprise for whoever ends up digging up my body in the future do you want an open casket at your wake you know that's a good question i think i do but i want it to be frightening huh. i want it to be done poorly right <laughs> just a bad, uh, bad makeup Horrible makeup. Just like clearly a rush job <laughs> by someone who was probably not licensed. The guy the guy who usually does it is out. His assistant. <laughs> His your, assistant. Drew your some. eyebrows way too high. <laughs> it is My crazy mouth sometimes. just kind of agape. I, I'm Catholic, so I go to, I have unfortunately been to a lot of open casket wakes. And um, they really do them dirty sometimes. <laughs> just sometimes you're like wow <laughs> it's not an easy job yeah I, mean, I imagine there's only so much you can do with a dead body um which is why like i feel like just go the opposite direction make it look absolutely ghastly clean-faced screaming <laughs> <laughs> screaming <laughs> would you want an open casket you know, if I died before my mom, I would just let her do whatever she wanted. Like, it would just be like, whatever my mom wants, she mm -hmm. can, because that's actually the person who I think it's most important to, that sort of stuff. Right. Um, and God forbid. Or And then if I, if she, I mean, if she passes away before me, then I don't, I don't really care. Yeah. What I, do. I mean, I think I'll probably ultimately be cremated yeah i feel like driving around la i like see these huge enormous cemeteries and i'm just like this would make so much good public space yeah so it's just a bunch of bodies yeah i don't know like why can't cemeteries be parks right i will argue that they're a you know a creepy day out <laughs> Mm -hmm. Which I appreciate. You know, sometimes you want the beauty of nature with the kind of looming specter of death. Yeah. It's the perfect opportunity. You go over to Hollywood Forever or mm -hmm. one of these places and you're, you know, those giant mausoleums. Right. You see like Toto from Wizard of Oz. Right. Uh, yeah, there's a, I feel like I saw recently a Joey Ramone's grave and I feel like there's a quote from Rob Zombie on it. that. Feels like something I'm making up. I was thinking of Joey Fatone. <laughs> I was like, Joey died? Fatone is dead, and Rob Zombie has something to say about it. I was like, they let Joey Fatone into Hollywood forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do want to remind the listener that while we've been talking about all these things, I have, I still have the hat on, mm -hmm. and it feels natural to me. I think it's great, Brendan. I want to play a game, please. Let's play, let's, we're going to play a game called Gift or a Curse. <laughs> I needed a number between one and ten from you. Six. Okay, well, I have to do some light calculating, get our game pieces. While I'm doing this, you can promote something, you can recommend something, you can say hello to someone, do whatever you want, I'll be right back. What am I really liking these days? Oh, I'm watching this show on HBO Max called Station Eleven. It's really amazing. It's based off a book, which I obviously have not read. 
it is about a pandemic that kills 99% of the human race. I know this is hard and traumatizing and a big buy-in. And a lot of people are like, you know what? I actually don't need to watch the pandemic show right now. However, it is so beautifully done, wonderfully written, gorgeously acted, beautifully directed. I cry almost every episode. Whoever did the music supervision is a genius. And uh, I'm just really loving it. I actually have rewatched multiple episodes that we've that I've already watched. And I never do that. But I'm just so captivated by this story, which is basically also picks up 20 years in the future after the pandemic. Um, And it's like the survivors. And it's about a group of artists, theater artists who travel around Lake Michigan, doing Shakespeare plays to other surviving communities. So it's sort of like about a group of artists in the end of the world. And I've never seen anything like it. So I really just love it. And uh, I think you should watch it. Give it a try. That's a nice little review. I read the book and have not watched the show. You read the book. Okay. See. I read the book uh, and the show looks good. I should watch it. It's great. Like Hiro Mirai directed a bunch of the, who does oh, like Atlanta good. and Barry. And yeah, I think he's just like the best working, one of the best working team directors, but who he specifically seems to do, do a lot of great television that I love. He brings a lot to television. Yeah, you know, a lot of know? TV directors kind of just do a thing, but he seems to really want to do good work. Yeah, I mean, I feel like directing TV is a lot of like um, following someone else's vision, and you're not, you are not the end all be all. It's the showrunner, and so um, I think a lot of the directors they he hasn't directed every episode. Other episodes have been directed by other equally or more more talented. I'm not sure people who have they're it's just great and it takes place in chicago a lot um so as somebody who has spent a lot of my life there it just feels cool to watch it like covered in greenery and you know falling apart okay it's time for me to watch it's time for the listener to watch okay this is how we're gonna play the game brendan i'm gonna name three things you're going to tell me if they're a gift or a curse and why there are correct answers so be careful uh be smart and I mean, I've seen so many people lose this game. It's heartbreaking, but just give it your best shot. Okay. Number one, this is a listener suggestion. Someone named Lizzie has written in, gift or a curse, having mirrors in the dining room. Hmm. Okay, love a Lizzie. So mir- mirrors in the dining room? Yes. I think that's a curse. Because if you're using the dining room for what it's supposed to be, which is dining, I think you will have a lot of the diners looking at themselves, feeling self-conscious. I think a mirror in general, I'm sort of anti-mirror in general. In my house, they're like behind closed doors in the closets. (laughs) Sounds like a superstition. You shouldn't have them in your bedroom. And you shouldn't have them facing your bed. Because then if you wake up and see your reflection, well, you know, or if you're dreaming <laughs> and your dream self sees your reflection, you'll come out of your own dreams. So, And then your mirror self can come out of the mirror and attack your dream self. I just don't really know who's having mirrors in their dining room. <laughs> Maybe like above, you know, like a display case of plates. 
<sighs> I don't know. I think I think that's a curse. Brendan, wrong. <laughs> I think that they're of course they're a gift. I two words: cheap glamour. I love the idea of floor-to-ceiling mirrors surrounding a dining room table. You know, uh, there's something very... What is this, like Miami in the 80s? Yes, it's very (laughs) garish. It's gaudy. It's everyone... You have to stare at yourself while you eat your last piece of roast beef. Uh, It adds a real, uh, you know, just a dimension to eating that you don't experience in other places. To turn your dining room into a hall of mirrors... I support it completely. I don't have it in my home. No, not yet. Not yet. Uh, I think you kind of have to get to a level of wealth where your brain snaps. And then you start, you know, filling rooms with mirrors. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it usually starts with the powder room, right? Like, have you ever been in one, <laughs> of of course. These, one of these houses? Usually from, like, the 70s or 80s, every wall in the bathroom, including the ceiling, is a mirror. Have you been in one of these? Yes, of course. It usually belongs, what is the... What is that? Usually belongs to gay men or like <laughs> women on the verge. And it's like, what? Two groups I'm in <laughs> completely in support of. You're just like, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you got uh, you failed so far. That's okay. okay. Number two, gift or a curse. Yard sales where all the items are brand new. That's like a small business. That's like... Is it a gift or a curse? I'm not asking if it's a small business. Um, like, okay. Showing up to one or hosting one? Showing up to. Everything's new. Mm-hmm. Huh. Are the prices yard sale prices? No, that depends on the, uh, the yard sale leader. <laughs> Is that what you would call yourself as the... The person running the yard sale. The homeowner. <laughs> um, okay, I think this is cursed because I think that if I went up to one of these and some woman or man, gay man, presumably, I don't think a straight man has ever done a yard sale. Straight men just throw stuff out. They don't give a shit about reusing unless it's tools. <laughs> If I went up to one of these things and I was like, <laughs> this is such a nice pot. And the woman was like, it's brand new. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, that's actually not what I came here for. If I wanted that, I would, would you like steal all this shit from a Nordstrom? <laughs> Were you part of like the great Nordstrom raids of December? I checked a semi truck. Well, yeah, like. Where I'd be like, where'd you get this shit? <laughs> That's such a funny question to ask someone, regardless at a yard sale. I'd be like, why aren't you using it? Brendan, you're correct. Of course <laughs> that's a curse. I don't go to a yard sale for new items. It's that, I don't even think that, you know, I've, there are a decent amount of these around LA where I'll show up to a yard sale and it's all just new stuff. That's not a yard sale. That's your weird little store on your lawn. That has mm. call it something else. Don't don't lead me into your trap and suddenly I'm like looking at, you know, tunics, seven of the same type. They're not unique. They're not interesting. It sounds like Silver Lake. It's a very Silver Lake, you know, it's not for me. You can occasionally have one brand new thing. Maybe you found like, you know, a blender that you didn't use mm-hmm. in the back of a cupboard. 
okay, you can sell that at your yard sale. But do you go to estate sales? I love estate sales. I fucking love estate sales. Have you been to one recently? I went to one recently. I woke up at like 8.30 on a Saturday randomly. And my boyfriend's a really late sleeper. So I know he'll be out until like 11 a.m. So I was like, what can I do right now? Went on like estatesales.com, put in my zip code, found one down the street, got up, walked down there, bought a bunch of beautiful old women's jewelry. Oh, this wonderful. gorgeous white parka that she obviously went skiing in. It is weird, though. You are like walking through a person's home who was probably like just put into an old folks home. Right. Um, or killed brutally. Well, yes. This one, it was clear that like there was a lot of stuff that the the man had had accumulated he was really into boats and she was really into like tiny figurines of angels mm-hmm. right. and it sort of felt like they were both still around oh but i so that does kind of feel like vultures just pecking away yeah you're just taking like whatever like their kids didn't want you know right yeah it's not a great feeling but it is very fun to walk around weird homes, oh, yeah. looking at old things that could potentially be haunted. Yeah, and there was a whole room just full of dolls, you know? A, there's always a room of dolls. A closet full of, like, 14 pairs of boots. I'm like, where? <laughs> there's also usually, like, a bathroom where, like, just medical supplies has just been dragged out of the cabinets and just strewn across <laughs> the floor. None. Of, you don't want anything in a bathroom at an estate sale. I'm like, ooh, is this old Valium? <laughs> it used to be stronger. <laughs> Valium, Sacklers, can't get them out of my head. <laughs> We've got to bring the Sacklers back. I would love to go to a Sackler estate sale. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's all Those really homes. nice stuff. Right. That's all brand new stuff. Okay, finally, this is a listener suggestion. You've gotten one so far, uh, so let's hope you get this one correct. Uh Aaron, someone named Aaron has written in post credit scenes, gift or a curse. Um Okay, I recently watched a movie that had a post credit scene that was setting up a sequel that clearly this movie will never get a sequel. So in <laughs> in that scenario, I think there that is a curse. You know, that is that is trying a little too hard. What movie was it? I can't say because a friend's in it. And, oh, that's heartbreaking. Um, yeah, but it's like, in that way, it's a curse. I also think, I'm just going to go straight up curse. I really don't like in these Marvel movies where typically in most of them, I'm like, who's that? Why? Who's that? What are they doing? <laughs> what, why can she do that with her fingers? Um, I don't like how they keep bringing Samuel L. Jackson back. <laughs> like, he just shoots like... 13 one days of work a year. It's like a game show. Yeah. He's like, oh, let's just knock out all my post-credit scenes this week. (laughs) And I'm like, we're paying this man too much money to do this stuff, and we're not getting him in actual acting work. So I think think it's providing him with too much work. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is more of a, just an anti Samuel L. Jackson. No, rant I think he should. A... I think he should be working. You know, sometimes like actors get caught in stuff, and you're like, Where'd right, that go? can't say no to the paycheck, right? Or you're like, oh, that's an actor I like. What are they up to? And then you like look, and you're like, oh, they've been in the last five X Men. <laughs> <laughs> like I've completely missed that, and <laughs> I miss their. I miss their work. <laughs> Although I guess before this, Samuel L. Jackson was doing those Capital One commercials. Oh, yeah. So, seeing financial trouble? What's going on, Sam? I bet, he's, I bet he is fine. There are only few people in the world who I think are fine. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. Well, look, you got it right. I think, of course. Uh, don't make me sit through. Uh, no, you're sitting through the credits for a commercial for another movie that Mm-mm. may or may not come to be. I also feel like the people who care about that are always like huge dorks. <laughs> get a lot. I was just saying to a friend, my mantra that I'm going to say to other people in 2022 is get a life. <laughs> I love telling people, I love to say get a life that those three words and the two, two other words I love that really will shut down almost any, anything. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> It just, there's no <laughs> rebuttal to who cares. It's just, uh, I love to say it. It feels great. And telling someone to get a life also really puts someone in their place almost immediately. There's nothing, there's no coming back from get a life. Get a life. Please just get a life. You can even say it to yourself. Get a life. <laughs> Brendan, get a life. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. These, uh, post credit scenes, no, thank you. We don't need them. Uh, you know, if you want me to see your next movie, put out a commercial on TV or whatever for me to find, uh, yeah. don't make me sit. The, and those movies, by the way, are four hours. It's too much. I don't like, I don't like Easter egg culture, you know, it's too much. I'm not reading the Reddit forum for the hidden no, clues. No, thank you. I am stoned passively watching your movie looking at my phone <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm not seeing the eggs <laughs> uh well you know you got two out of three not bad i i mean i was worried for you for a minute there but i'm very impressed how you turned the ship around um this is the final segment of the podcast it's called i said no emails people write in to i said no gifts at <laughs> gmail.com they've got questions I do an excellent job answering. The guest helps. Will you help me? Sure. Here's a good one. This says, hi, Bridger. And this person doesn't even address you, which I find very rude. Usually they'll say something about the guest, but this just says straight up, hi, Bridger. I would like you to participate. Uh, well, this then this person, of course, says, love the podcast. Every episode brings a little delight to my day. So now I feel bad. Reading but- your own compliments. <laughs> I'll read it again. Love the podcast. Every episode brings a little delight to my day. Maybe uh, maybe we could get that as a poll quote on a poster someday. <laughs> anyway, here's my question. I've been with my husband for 13 years, and for the past decade, he has gotten me the exact same flower arrangement as a gift for my birthday. He has a local fancy florist that he uses, and they make me the exact same and dot 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 elaborate tropical bouquet every time. I think the first time I received them, I was effusive about how pretty they were, and now this is his go-to. I appreciate the sentiment, and I know they're expensive, 
Okay. Uh, but after 10 years, uh, I'd really love to get something different. Am I an ungrateful monster or is there a way to ask for a change this year? Thanks for brightening my day. And that's from just the letter K. K could be Christy, Christine, Kareem, uh, Karen. Uh, what was yours? Kareem. Kareem, Carol, Combat. Carol with a uh, K? I don't think so. <laughs> I would love a Carol with a K. K A R Y L. Uh, Candy, Candace, Conroy. Anyway, so this person's been getting the same beautiful, elaborate, tropical, tropical bunch of flowers for uh, a decade Mm. and she's had enough is she an ungrateful monster or is there a way to ask for a change this year well it can be both (laughs) carol you're i will just say flat out you're an ungrateful monster uh let's just put it out there you're a bad wife and uh a difficult partner um but your husband we don't know that much about him other than the fact that he's Thoughtless. I feel like this is about something else. Mm-hmm. I am getting a sense from her that she really likes how he is and how he has been for 13 years, but she's trying to open up their relationship. And see, oh, interesting. I'm getting a stasis is getting, she's getting the 13 year inch. Right. 13 year, not the 13 year inch. <laughs> She wants it, though, hunty. (laughs) Oh, just murder me. Um, I'm getting a sense that this is about something else. Um, She's she's eyeing the exit sign. She wants out or she just wants open? Maybe she just wants a change, you know? Like, she wants him to spice things up. Right. I think here's one thing. Um, You have to be willing to communicate with your partner about what you like and what you don't like. And that can include what you're bored of. Right. You know? So just next time he gets that for you, subtly be like, I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of just dump it in the trash. Just be like, I heard of this great new florist. Or just start showing him Instagrams of flower arrangements that you like and be like, babe, look at this. (laughs) I don't know. Brendan, this is horrible advice. This is giving us a little peek into however your your poor boyfriend is probably having to pick up on clues. This woman has a clear problem with her husband. She's got to communicate that. Mm-hmm. She can't be hinting around it. He's never going to get it. He's been doing this. He's stuck in a routine. She needs to be, look, Kay, Carol, Conroy, Conrad, you need to look at, you wrote this email, and this is kind of like a little test, a little tryout of expressing your feelings. She expressed them to me. So for a minute, just you imagined I was your husband. Now use the, the practice you've got here on your husband. So I actually have a, a liar's idea for you, Carol. Oh, what? What you do is when you know the order, he calls in the order, call the florist, go in, befriend <laughs> them, and be like, Here's my dilemma. Can you make me something completely different, completely better, more to my tastes, and deliver it? And then when my husband's like, it's different this year, be like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with it. I love this one. It's so cool that it's different this year. It'd be so crazy if I got a different one every year. (laughs) 
<laughs> next year, do the same thing. Go into this place and be like, I want something new. And get in his head, start the pattern, take control of your own flowers. <laughs> Way easier than uh, just going to him directly. I mean, why not apply for a job at this florist? <laughs> then you can just intercept the call and just do your own. And you're probably getting an employee discount. You're, he's probably giving his credit card number over the phone. Suddenly you're buying a bunch of things for yourself online. You could also Photoshop an article that accuses the flower chef that he like of being racist. <laughs> Unless he's a racist. Oh, yeah. Well, then he's going to be doubling down. Whatever your husband doesn't like. What if they hate tools? <laughs> this place hates tools. And then he'll have to go to a new place. This is an episode of Home Improvement. Uh, well, Kay, look, you've gotten the exact little bit of medicine you needed. I think that this is going to solve all of your problems between you and your husband. Like Brendan was saying, I think it is time to open your relationship. Just open it wide Let's open. try it. You can be open together. Maybe you've got an eye, your eye on the florist. Mm. I know, you know. You've got those nimble fingers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> always smells of tulips and uh, carnations i think that's a good opportunity for both of you okay brendan we did a perfect job i feel great and i've been in a hat this entire time which is so comforting you look great it's uh given me a a new you know new confidence that i'm gonna be able to march forward in the new year with um i'll be able to pair this with my tunic uh, I'm basically just building kind of a little treasure chest to take to the beach mm -hmm. or to Palm Springs or to brunch well, or to brunch or to brunch at in Palm Springs. Who's to say I've had a wonderful time with you here. Thank you so much for being here. So great to chat. Good to catch up. Proud of you. Happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And listener. It's now time for you to, you know, find something to do for the next seven days until the next episode comes out. I hope that you're not completely adrift without me. Um, but if you are, you can always, you know, dial in an old episode. You can uh, try to find where I live. You can do whatever you want. That's your life. And you've got to make those choices for yourself. So goodbye. I'll talk to you soon. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's produced and engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. You have to see the gifts. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do considering everything I do for you. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads. But I invited you here I thought I made myself perfectly clear When you're a guest in my home Enough. And I already had too much stuff 
すべ